about, it's been studying for tonight's class, which is all about uh, Minion. So I uh, came across uh, an interesting story, which I'd heard uh, before, but I didn't know the, the details. So there was a, a rabbi who lived in Egypt. He's called the Radvaz. Um, rabbi David Ben Zimra. That was his name. He's chief rabbi of Egypt in, I think, the 1200s or 1300s. So this is going quite a way back. And somebody had been arrested or incarcerated for whatever reason, and the a king or the sultan or whatever had given him permission to go and daven with a minion one day a year. So he could choose what that day is going to be. So I originally heard that he can be, he can be allowed to just go out of prison, like just one day of freedom a year. But it wasn't. It was that he would he, one day to daven with a minion a year. And his question was, which day of the year should I go to go daven with a minion? Should I choose Yom Kippur? Should I choose Rosh Hashanah? Should... Lots of different options, right? So, uh, what do you think he answered him? So, with the, he lost the rabbi. Yeah. On a yard side. Yard side, okay. What do you think? I would have guessed Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah. He told him, take the first opportunity. First opportunity. Because, uh, in general. He changed his mind. He, well, first of all, that's that. that. And also, I think just like generally, the outlook is that if a mitzvah comes your way, you don't uh, you don't let it wait. Take the first opportunity, because that's 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 always where Ayitzahara trips us up, right? Ayitzahara always tells us, "Ah, now's not the best time to do it. Now you won't be able to concentrate so well now, so you might as well push it off for later." Yeah, now, right? There's always, uh, you know, I find that uh, personally, I, we're driving so much in Atlanta, so there's always time to listen while you're in the car, right? So there's always a tr- up like a, a, a like a battle that I have. You know, you could always listen to like a shiur, you know, some Torah topic, or you can listen to some podcast, some whatever, right? And so I always find that my Yetzirah tells me, don't, don't listen to the shiur. You're not going to be able to concentrate anyway. It's going to go one in, in one ear, out the other. You, you never, there's no point. Save the shiur for a time that you can focus. And, uh, what ends up happening is that you end up wasting a lot of time. <laughs> Whereas uh, you might not concentrate as well, but at least you use your time well. So, yeah, Sahara is, is very clever. Sorry, I'm just going to mute this. Okay, so we're here talking about um, Minion. So, um, I think it's important before we get into um, Minion and when you're supposed to go to Minion, etc., etc., et to define what, what does it actually mean to dive in with a Minion. At what point are you davening with a minion? What do, what do we want? When do we want you to be showing up to be davening with a minion? Is it the whole thing? Is it just being in the room where they're saying Kaddish and Baruch Hu and... Yes, yes. Good. So the Mishnah Brewery explains that the definition of davening with a minion is um, davening the Amidah together with the other people. Together with? Together with the, the congregation. Oh. So you have 10 people davening the Amidah. That's called Tefillah B'Tzibur. Now, um, people make a mistake and think that if I'm just in the room and I hear uh, Kedusha or Baruch or Kaddish, that, that does it. doesn't do it. Because davening is, is categorized as davening the Amidah. That's the, that's the formal... Thing. Everything that comes before that and after that is 
um, you know, prepping you for that. Um, what comes after that is just the ending of the main part of davening is the Amidah, and that's, that's considered davening with the minion. Um, davening the Amidah, yeah. And then in Amidah, when I was reading, uh, um, it says that every 10 people must respond for the prayer to be... To count. So it's not only you have to be there, you have to have 10 people respond. Yeah, that's another problem. You have sometimes people are, you know, there's a lot going on and people are not responding. It's a problem because those blessings need to be answered by 10 people. So, like I come Friday nights, but they don't start until the 10th person walks in the door. So by the time Amita comes, there's 13, 14, 15. So why do they wait to start then? Well, it could be because it's not guaranteed that by the time they right. get to the Amita, there's going to have, there's going to be 10 yeah. people. Um, and also because um, you want that every that, that at least ten people are, are davening. I mean, let's say a person walks in, and or actually, sorry, let me take that back. So even before the Amidah, you have Kaddish, right? Yes. Kaddish could take thirty seconds. Yes. Right. So you want to know that you have your meal not only for the Amidah, but also for Kaddish. So. You walk in late and they've done finished the, the Amidah and you dive in Amidah, so you're not dying the Amidah. True. Now, that doesn't mean that what you're doing is not good. Um, it's because we know that even just diving in a shul, even if there's no minion, is a good thing. And davening with 10 people in the room, the fact that there are 10 Jews in a room is also a special thing. But the official you know, what we call davening with a minion is davening together with other people. So what about, so it's, it's important to play Amidah, but what about the Shema? Like, the Shema, if you're with a minion, you're not supposed to say, right, uh, the, uh, right? Right before you say the Shema, 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 before you say the Right. Are you, you talking about in Myrev? No. no, every time you, you see, see you see the, the, the um, in the Ashkenaz Siddha, when davening without a minion, say, Kheol Mela Neman. So Chabad doesn't have that. Doesn't oh, have so you don't say it at all? No. No. I never even heard about that until today. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Alright. Yeah. So, now, what, what, is, what are the advantages of, of davening with a minion? Why do we stress davening with a minion? So there are two advantages. Number one is, is that we know that the prayers that are... It's a famous thing that the, the time in between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is very special time. And it says that anybody who davens during Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, his prayers are answered in a much more, re, much more readily. Whereas a congregation, throughout the year, when you daven with a minion, it's as if you were davening between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur where it's readily accepted. So when you dive in with a minion, the prayers are more readily accepted. Because when you do things as a, a, in, a, in a congregation, it's more of a, brings more honor to Hashem, it's more of a, of a thing, and, and prayers are more readily answered. That's number one. Number two, one second, is that when we, um, when we dive in with a minion, we're able to sanctify Hashem's name in, um, in a greater way, through Kaddish. Kaddish is, that's literally what Kaddish is, right? That we are sanctifying Hashem's name in public. So you're doing that very important mitzvah of sanctifying Hashem's name in public. Really, this is a mitzvah that we do all the time 
in different ways, right? Let's say a person um, does business, you know, ethically. So you are sanctifying Hashem's name. Why? Because you are a Jew. You bear, you're, 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 you're representing something. And when you act in a moral way, you're sanctifying Hashem's name. So, so too with davening, with a quorum of 10, we are sanctifying Hashem's name by literally saying the words of Kaddish and, and having 10 people davening together, that is sanctifying Hashem's name. So you have these two advantages. One is that the, the prayers themselves are more readily accepted. And number two is that um, it sanctifies Hashem's name. Actually, one is, um, there are prayers, right? Aren't there prayers after the Amidah that say, if you're davening with, if you're not davening with a minion, don't say this. Yeah, so there is in Tachanun, the one example that I know that I know of is in Tachanun, the part where, um, I don't know if Ashkenaz does this, but Chabad, we, we, we sit down and we cover our, you know, that part, that part of Tachanun. So that, just before that part, there is the uh, two-liner, which we only do with a minion. Hashem, Hashem, Kel Rachel, Machanon, I don't know if you're familiar right. with that, yeah. So, but you're not doing the Amidah. So yeah. does that mean a minion then is other people doing that? Like if they're at different parts of the service and you're there as a minion, and you're ready to do that, and they're pastor or whatever? Oh, you're saying, can I do that if I'm not with a minion? Is that what you're asking? I'm saying if I'm in shul. Yeah, and there are 10 people there. And there are 10 people there, but, but uh, they're dobbing faster than me. They've already gotten past that. I get to that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you do, you do it. Right. Yeah. And, then, um, and the other thing is, uh, I know there's a lot of questions about being late to shul, but um, <laughs> my understanding was if you're late to shul, you're supposed to like do the, and this is a fat thing, you're supposed to do the shema, and then you right? But as opposed to what? As opposed to like go straight to the Amidah. So if people are about to start the Amidah, yeah. like, I think in Ashkenazi, you're supposed to jump in and do Amidah. Yeah. But Chabad, you're supposed to do Shema, right? So, I mean, in Chabad, I think actually we start, when you arrive in Shul, you start davening from the beginning. And if you're behind, you're behind. Whereas in other groups, they kind of start wherever the minion's holding. Um, that's what I think is the accepted custom. Okay. Yeah. I asked a question once, I was told by Rukh Shambar, Shema Mm-hmm. Okay. That was tough. I mean, you may have. Yeah. Uh, and also, I don't know if that's the official. That's kind of what I was told to. If you're rushing, it's also because like, I can't keep up. Even if I am around all the time, there's no way I can like. Yeah. Keep pace with. Me. Yeah. It's just not possible. If I did every prayer, they'd be like. I'm in already. They'd be home already. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. I think also it depends like if a person's in a rush. Like let's say a person's in a rush, he has 20 minutes to daven. There's no way he's gonna be able to get through everything. So what should he do? I think what you said is, is yeah, you do uh, the main main parts of Rosh Hashanah, Yishtabach, Yeah. Okay, but you don't just jump through. But like if a person who has plenty of time, uh, what I was talking about was like a person who has plenty of time and he shows up to shul late. So yeah, you start, like the Chabad way I know is to start from the beginning. I think in other groups, they actually start wherever the dominion's holding. Right, so, but I'm just saying, so then in that case, he's not going to be dominant with many. Um, in the Chabad way? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. He starts with that, but then he probably catches up because he's skipping. Well, no, but if he's, if he's Chabad, he's not going to skip, right? No, sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. But this was told to me by Chabad. Chabad. Yeah. I'm just telling you, like, kind of what I know as a Chabad person, like, what we usually do. Um, that what, what, what that rabbi told you is perfectly valid it's completely fine just like I know like the way people usually do it is, is just to 
kind of just go. Um, but yeah, both, both, both of those methods are fine. Okay, so the, the main issue that we're going to discuss tonight is the discussion of whether going and davening with a minion is a mitzvah or not. Is it a mitzvah that somebody has to do like putting on tefillin, like all the other things that we do as mitzvahs, or is it just a recommended practice that something which is good, your prayers will be answered more readily, etc., etc. This is, this is the question. So now, we have a bunch of different gemaras which we're going to learn through, which seem to indicate different things. So let's go, we're, let's go through them. Um, we're going to start with number one. Now, number one, sorry, so number one is actually just a quote from where you see the idea of how important davening with a minion is. So let's, re- let's read through this quickly, and then we'll move on to the gemaras. So, everyone see number one? So what is the meaning of that which is written, but as for me, let my prayer be unto you, Lord, in a time of prayer. O God, in the uh, abundance of your mercy, answer me with the truth of your salvation. That's the question. What is this, what is this, um, the, the time of favor, right? So the, 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 the verse seems to say that there's, let my prayer be unto you in a time of favor. What's the time of favor? It appears that the individual is praying that his prayers will coincide with a special time of divine favor. When is a time of favor? It is at a time when the congregation is praying is beneficial to pray together with the congregation, for God does not fail to respond to the entreaties of the congregation. Okay, so this is the source, or one of the sources, for the importance of doubting the minion. Okay, now let's get into these, um, these Gemaras. So, uh, Jeff, can you go for us, number two? Uh, Rabbi uh, Abba who? Mm-hmm. Uh, said that Rabbi Shimon, then, like he said, with regard to prayer, and with regard to washing hands before eating, uh, one must... One must the time, that doesn't make sense. I guess one must one, travel the time. One must travel the time. Travel in time? The time. Okay. Travel the time it takes to walk four mil, 8,000 cubits. Which in modern uh, measurements is about 0.6 of a mile. 0.6 of a mile, so 10 minutes-ish. Something like that. Okay. So what we're saying is, is that let's say a person doesn't have... Uh, water to wash his hands before davening, before eating, right? You know, you're supposed to wash before you eat bread. So let's say a person doesn't have water. So how much does he have to inconvenience himself to get water before he eats? So as much as it takes to travel a mil, which is four mil, sorry. And excuse me, I take, I'm sorry. Four mil is not, um, four mil is not 0.6 of a mile. One mil is 0.6 of a mile. So if you times that by four, it's about 2.4 miles. So, so you're talking 30 minutes, half hour, yeah, so we're going to get into next week. Um, do we mean a measure of distance or do we mean a measure of time? I mean, to say we're looking at ancient measurements. So is it the distance that it was for them to travel or is it the time that it took them to travel? Which nowadays it's much shorter, right? So we're going to have to... Drive. Exactly. So we're going we're gonna to deal with that next week. But the point is like this. Is that the, the Gemara is saying that if a person has a minion, it seems like it's talking about a minion, right? It says with regard to prayer. So what's it talking about? So it seems, and this is the way Rashi understands this Gemara, that it's talking about a minion. If a person has a minion within four mil along his journey, so let's say a person's traveling somewhere, and there's four mil in his direction, there's a minion, you shouldn't stop here and eat breakfast or whatever in Davin. Travel the extra four mil and, uh, and, and go to Davin with a minion. So what does it seem from this Gemara? That it's a mitzvah to Davin with a minion. You need to inconvenience yourself. You need to make that effort to go and down with a minion. Okay, number three. Uh, the 
Gemara relates that the following incident. Rabbi Yitzhak said to Rav Nahum, uh, why did the master not come to the synagogue to pray? Uh, Rav Naman said to him, um, I was weak and unable to come. Rabbi Yitzhak said to him, let the master gather 10 individuals, a prayer quorum, at your home and pray. Rav Naman said to him, it is difficult for me. So what happened? Why didn't he come to Shul with a minion? He was weak. Yeah. Why didn't he break a minion in his house? It's difficult. What does that sound like? It's recommended. If you can figure out a minion, great. Otherwise, it's not like this mitzvah you need to go to the end of the earth to, to figure out for yourself. So this implies seemingly different to the other Gemara. The other Gemara seems to be telling you, you need to inconvenience yourself. This Gemara seems to be saying, he, he, didn't, he wasn't comfortable, he, wasn't, he was weak, and uh, fine. You don't have to have a minion. And then there's a third Gemara, which I didn't quote here, which is that there was a certain Tana, a certain sage, who had a non-Jewish uh, servant. And they had nine people for the minion. And uh, he took the servant and said, would you like to become Jewish? And he says, yeah, why not? And on the spot converted him in order to make him part of the minion. That's a pretty rash thing to do. And the Gemara says, how could he even do that? And, uh, you know, there's certain halakha complications with doing that. And the Gemara says, it's a mitzvah shal rabim. It's like, it's a communal prayer to have a minion. And therefore he was allowed to do it. So the word of Gemara call it a mitzvah. A communal mitzvah. So it sounds like having a, min, having a minion is a mitzvah. So how do we reconcile all of these different uh, uh, Gemaras and, and, and what, do we, what do we do with all? Okay, that, that's going to be our job tonight. So we're going to see that there are two opinions on how to understand uh, these Gemaras and, and going to come to different conclusions. So let's read um, number four. Uh, David? Communal prayer is always um, heard. Communal prayer is always heard. Even when they are transgressors among the congregation, everyone they speak does not reject the prayers of the many of the many. If, therefore, a person should include himself in the community and should not pray alone whenever he is able to pray with the community. Okay, so what do we what does it seem that that, that he's saying? It's important to pray with the many. It's Good. Recommended. It's recommended. He should, he should do it whenever he's able to. So now, how does the Rambam work out these Gemaras? So the Rambam understands, interestingly, Rashi understood that the Gemaras said we have to travel four mil to go daven with a minion. It doesn't say go daven with a minion. Read the Gemara again. What does it say? With regard to prayer. And with regard to washing hands before eating. So the Rambam understood that that Gemara wasn't talking about praying with a minion. It was talking very much about the same concept, washing your hands before eating and before prayer. Then a person has a mitzvah to have his clean hands, purify himself before davening. It wasn't talking about davening with a minion, in the Rambam's opinion. Now, how does this explain that Rabbi Eliezer, that, that uh, sage, freed his, or not freed, but like uh, converted his servant in order to be part of the minion? How could he do that? Or why did he do that, if it's not a mitzvah? So he explains that basically when we say that it's a mitzvah of a rabbin, of a community, we don't mean 
that each individual has a mitzvah to be at a minion. Rather, that the community needs to make a minion. Why? Because what happens at a minion is we sanctify Hashem's name and we have a congregation asking and, and, and praying to Hashem and that's, 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 that's good for the community. See, in other words, it's a general mitzvah which is on the community. The community needs to make sure there's a minion so that Kaddish is recited. But each individual on his own doesn't need to, have, doesn't need to be there. It's not his personal mitzvah. And it goes, and there's very, very uh, interesting ramifications. So one example uh, is one that's brought in a sefer called Chavas Yoyer. Chavas Yoyer was written by a Rabbi Yair Bachrach, who was a rabbi in Germany in about uh, the 1500s. And he was asked the following question. There was a wealthy man who built a, uh, a mansion on the other side of a small river. So usually he would get into town by just you know, paddling a little bit and getting to the other side and getting to, to the other side to, to where the city was. But on Shabbos, you can't uh, ride a raft. Um, so he wanted to know, can I hire a non-Jew to paddle me across to get me to the minion? Now, why should this be okay? Because there are two um, kind of, there are two factors here which, which could make it okay. Number one is, Asking a non-Jew to do something for you on Shabbos is not a biblical prohibition. It's only a rabbinic prohibition. Now, riding a raft on Shabbos is also not a biblical prohibition. It's a rabbinic prohibition. We're worried that something's going to go wrong. You're going to go fix it. So we have two rabbinical problems on top of each other. Asking the non-Jew and riding the boat. So he wanted to say, and there's a, there's a, there's a rule, which is that when you have a double rabbinic um, you know, prohibition lined up on top of each other, and you have a mitzvah on the other side, the mitzvah overrides them. So in this case, he wanted to say, davening with a minion is a mitzvah. What's stopping me from doing the mitzvah is two rabbinic prohibitions. Right? So let me do the mitzvah by asking the non-Jew, and I'll be able to join the minion. So, Basically, the question is, is davening with a minion a mitzvah or not? What did he answer? No. According to this Rambam, davening with a minion is not a mitzvah. It's only a recommendation. And therefore, it wouldn't have the power to override this prohibition of asking an Jew to ride you uh, on Shabbos. So this guy built his beautiful uh, river house, and uh, now he's stuck. <laughs> Stuck. Well, now he, he's, he's not stuck. stuck. He's not stuck. He just he can't he can't come he can't join the minion on Shabbos. Why? No, not, did I miss something? Because you said you can't ask a non-Jew to row you. So you so when when is a mitzvah which will be accomplished by asking a non-Jew to row the boat? Then it's okay because you have a mitzvah and the mitzvah can override the double rabbinic prohibition. Right. But if we're saying it's not a mitzvah. It doesn't have the power to override the two rabbinic prohibitions. So, so what if he was going to work or something? Yeah, that would be fine. If there was a legitimate mitzvah involved, then it would be fine. If he was a moel and he, he had a bris to do, it would be fine. Maybe just, I don't know, wanted to double with a minion. I just, so the rabbinic prohibitions is you cannot ask a non-Jew to row you across if you're not going to fulfill a mitzvah. Correct, exactly. Um, and there's many examples of this. I'll give you an example. 
asking a non-Jew to turn on light on Shabbos. That is exactly two rabbinic things on top of each other, right? And asking a non-Jew to do something is rabbinic. Turning on lights on Shabbos, definitely certain bulbs, maybe certain bulbs you're going to say are, are biblical, but let's say the regular LED bulbs are rabbinic. It's a rabbinic prohibition. So that would be two rabbinic prohibitions. So therefore, in certain cases, um, there could be leniencies because of this. So there's a lot of uh, very practical ramifications that come from this law. Okay, that's one example. Another example that this Chavis Yara points to to prove his point. There's a, there's a law called Tuchumin. Anyone heard of this, this concept called Tuchumin? Tuchumin basically is that a person is not allowed to travel outside of the boundaries of a city more than a certain distance. So let's say I live in... Imagine Dunwoody and Sandy Springs were disconnected. Two separate cities. And I want to walk from Dunwoody to Sandy Springs. So there would be a law that unless they're within maybe 4,000 amas of each other, certain distance, I wouldn't be able to walk from one to the other unless I made an Eruv Tchumin. An Eruv Tchumin is, I almost like lengthen the tchum, the, the boundary. So now it's almost like the city is bigger for me. Now, you're not allowed to just do this willy-nilly. You're only allowed to make an Eruv Tchumin in the case of a mitzvah. Question is, can I make an Erev Tchumin? Let's say the real estate in town is very expensive. So I need to buy out in the field. And I want to be able to walk in on Shabbos. So can I make an Erev Tchumin to be able to attend a minion on Shabbos? The Maril, an early uh, Ashkenazi rabbi who lived in about the 1500s, said no. Because davening with a minion is not a mitzvah. Fascinating. So this is, makes a big, a big difference if we're going to categorize this as a mitzvah or not a mitzvah. Okay. Now. But if it's a mitzvah for the community, you have some obligation to the community. True, and therefore you should attend the minion. But if you have a prohibition stopping you from that... It's a, but, but, you're, but we're saying it's a mitzvah for the community. Oh. Right. So who is the community? It's an interesting question. It's an interesting question. How do you, how do you put it on... You could on be a, the tenth. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting question. How do, you, how do you categorize that? Not sure. Okay. Now that is all the opinion of the Rambam. Now the problem is, is that a simple reading of these texts, of these Gemaras, seem to imply the opposite that really it is a mitzvah, right? Like we, like, we, like we said, it seems that with regard to prayer, one must walk for, for like it seems that we're not talking about washing your hands before prayer like, like the Rambam says. It seems like what Rashi says, we're talking about walking to attend a minion. And you need to inconvenience yourself for, for a mill to attend a minion. It seems that the sage who, who converted his servant was just to have a minion. That was why he did it. Because you're supposed to have them with a minion. So the Tur, who is the predecessor to the Shulchan Aruch, he wrote a book of law you know, that, was, that predated the Shulchan Aruch. He, um, his opinion was that no, Davening with a minion is a mitzvah. And that explains those, those texts. Now, this, that, that Rabbi Nachman that, that we read, that he said, I'm weak and whatever, that is an exception. That the sages did not um, obligate somebody who's weak who is in a position of oinus, this is the important word that we're looking for, 
Oynes means somebody who is in a situation which is pressing. It's a kind of like beyond his, beyond his control. A person who's sick can't function. So you can't make him go to shul for a minion. He's not feeling well. So it's an oynes. Or we'll see soon other cases of oynesim. Um, let's say a person who has a major you know, a, a business meeting or an obligation that he has to get to. So we're going to say it's an oynes. That he, he's, he's, he's off the hook. But the way the Torah understands it is that there's an obligation. A person has a mitzvah to attend a minion. So these are, two, these, are the two, these are the two opinions. The Rambam and um, the Torah. Now, so how do, how do we go? Do we pass them like the Rambam or do we pass them like the Torah? So here, let's take a look at the um, Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe is um, source number five. Um, Todd? Um, one should always endeavor to pray in the synagogue together with the congregation, even though he can pray in his own home with a quorum of ten, to the king's glory lies midst Okay, so what's the important words there? Good. Good. One should always endeavor. You should try. So now, he doesn't say like the Rambam. What does the Rambam say? Do it when you can, right? Is that what he said? Whenever he's able. That's what the Rambam said. Al-Tarebbe doesn't say that. What does he say? Always endeavor. Always endeavor. Okay, but it still sounds a little bit like the Rambam that it's just a recommendation. Now let's look at number six. I think we're back to you, Jeff. Uh, it goes without saying that one should not rise early in order to travel from a town where they pray with a quorum of ten uh, to deal with a private concern if it is possible after prayer for him to reach his destination while there is still ample time during the day and he would not have to travel alone. This applies even if he desires to rise early and set out before the time for prayer arrives. Okay, so we're talking about a person who wants to travel, and we tell you, don't travel and miss the minion, stay and, and make the minion. Okay, the, rational, the rationale is... Go for it. Uh, the rationale is that the status of communal prayer, although it is a rabbinic commandment... Oh, what did we just say? Rabbinic commandment. Rabbinic commandment. Okay, black and white. It's there. Now, why does, the, why does the Alter Rebbe say a person should endeavor? Very simple. Because there are cases when you aren't obligated to go to a minion, even if it's nearby. For example, you're sick. if you're sick. So the Alter Rebbe says you should always endeavor. Be honest with yourself. Are you in a situation where you're, you're really pressed, you, you can't make it to a minion? Or not? But it's a mitzvah. Attending a minion is a mitzvah. Okay, this would seem to be the opinion of the Alter Rebbe. Now, let's make a little summary before we go on to some practical cases. So we had a question. Um, we, uh, sorry, first we, we said there's two advantages of with a minion. What were the two advantages? Uh, your prayers are heard. Good. Second advantage? Uh, Good. And you have the opportunity to say Kaddish in the bar. Yeah. Um, now, then we started to say that is it a mitzvah or not? So we brought the first opinion was the opinion of uh, Rambam. Rambam. Rambam held that it is not a mitzvah. It's a recommendation. That's why he says you should do it whenever, whenever he's able. 
to pray with the community. Not a mitzvah, it's a recommendation. Now, um, and how did he explain the fact that um, that, that Rabbi Eliezer, uh, the sage, you know, converted this God to make a meaning? If it's not a mitzvah, then why are you going out of your way? How did he explain it? The true, it's not a mitzvah on the individual, but it's a mitzvah to be done. So each individual doesn't look at it as his personal mitzvah, it's a communal mitzvah. That this should, this should happen. Okay. Then we saw the flip side. We saw the opinion of, not the Rambam, but the Altarebi. The Altarebi who is following the opinion of the Torah. And the Torah said that um, the Torah is not quoted in, in these things. And the Torah held differently, like the simple reading of, of these Gemaras, which is it, is it is a mitzvah. And the Altarebi, although he writes that you should endeavor, he writes clearly that it is a mitzvah. And so the Altar Rebbe clearly says that it is a mitzvah to Talmud Tamid. Okay, so we have this lineup of the Rambam and the Altar Rebbe and the Tur. And so those who definitely follow the, the Altar Rebbe will look at it as Talmud Tamid is a mitzvah. So let's get some practical cases um, of, that, we, that we all deal with. A person wakes up in the morning, he's not feeling well. Does he need to push himself to go to the minion? What's going to be the answer? Yes. Does he need to push himself? Uh, no. Nope. I mean, if he's not ill... It's not too far. Right, so it, it, we said the person's not feeling well. He wakes up okay, in the morning, sorry, he's not feeling sorry, well. Sorry. Oh, right. Then you don't have to push yourself, as we see from the Gemara, that Rabbi Nachman was not feeling well, and that was his excuse for not going, not going to shul. Okay. What about a case where a person has, for business purposes, he needs to miss a minion? So, well, it's going to be the same thing. Oynus, he is pressed. He has a pressing need that he needs to get to. It's an important meeting, whatever it is. And... Um, you are allowed to miss a minion for that. Now, the, the post game do point out that a person shouldn't miss a minion just to accrue more profit. So let's say a person says, well, if I make a few more calls, or if I, then I'll maybe make more profit, right? Because I'll like, be able to get a few more calls into the day. I'll be able to, you know, cut a few more. That, 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 that's, not, that's not okay because that's going kind of beyond, it's not, it's not a pressing need, you're creating a pressing need. You're saying, uh, I want to just accrue more profit today. So we say, no, down with the minion, and Hashem will make sure you get the money that you need other ways. But if you have something lined up or uh, uh, something pressing for now, a person is, that's an onus, that's a, a thing kind of like out of your control, and you're allowed to miss a minion for that. Now, what about if a person says, um, I want to prepare for davening more. So minion takes half an hour, chick chuck, they come, they're out of there in half an hour. I have time. I don't want to daven so quickly. But on the other hand, I want to daven with a minion. So is that a valid excuse to miss davening with a minion? If you feel stressed, then... Yeah, sure. You think so? If it's putting mental stress that he wants to do more, that's his... Let's say, it's not, let's say it's not mental stress. He just, he just wants to have the opportunity to daven more calmly, more peacefully. The answer is, is that davening is not meant to be just a rattling off of words. Davening is meant to be done with uh, concentration, right? We're supposed to be thinking about who we're standing in front of. Now, if by being a little more settled, and maybe for, you know, in, in Chabad circles, this is something which is taken very, you know, this is what many people do, is to learn Hasidus before davening to study, you know, some chassidus before davening gets you into the mode, it gets you thinking about Hashem, right? So your whole davening might be different 
if you do that, then it not. So in that case, we say, listen, sit in shul. You'll hear Kedusha, you'll be able to answer Kaddish and Baruch and all these things. You'll be able to hear the reading of the Torah. And you can dive into your own pace kind of from there. So you shouldn't not be in shul. You shouldn't be missing all these things because that's important. But if a person legitimately feels that he'll be able to daven with greater kavana by taking his time and not rushing with the minion, it's a valid excuse as well to miss the minion. Okay, what about if, and this is something which happens all the time, um, let's say, I mean, maybe not here, but in Crown Heights, uh, in 770, for those who have been there, Chabad headquarters, it's like a minion factory. They're just minions going all day long. So let's say a person comes to 770, and it's about... 20 minutes until the end of Zman Tefillah, right? So Shachra should ideally be davened within the first four hours of the day. So at, at the summertime, it's about 11.30, something like that, right? So let's say a person shows up to Shul at 11.15, and he knows he could get to the Amidah before 11.30 if he davened on his own. But if he waits the minion to get going and whatever, he's going to daven after the Zman Tefillah. So what should he do? Should he wait to daven with the minion after Zman Tefillah, or should he daven before Zman Tefillah ends? So the answer is before, correct. That we prefer that you daven in the proper time for shachras, even if that means you won't daven with a minion. Okay. Now, here comes an interesting question. Vacationing. A person goes on vacation and he knows there's not going to be a minion. Is that a proper thing to do? Is that okay? Halachically. So obviously, if you can go somewhere or find a place with a minion, no question. It's for sure a better option. Question is, in the halachic, can we find a way for this to be okay? Because technically, a person's putting himself in a situation where he's not going to have a minion. So some rabbis held, you know, it's really not okay. You're literally, you're going and you're putting yourself somewhere where you know you're not going to be able to dive with a minion. But others pointed out an interesting kind of uh, uh, halachic, um, you know, call it a loophole, but like a certain fact. That, you know, imagine, imagine a person who's flying from Australia to, excuse me, from LA to Melbourne, okay? You take off at night and you land at night. You miss the entire day in between. So let's say you leave on a Tuesday night, you're going to get there Thursday. You miss the whole Wednesday. So let me ask you, did you miss fill in? Like, are we going to say, well, you didn't put on to fill in on Wednesday? I don't know the, the route, but if the sun rises at some point. So let's say it doesn't. Let's say it doesn't. I don't think it does, but let's it say it doesn't. You're not going to say, well, this person, he, he, he had the opportunity for to fill in, but he's not obligated because he had extenuous, uh, 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 you know, circumstances. You're not going to say that. It didn't happen. Yeah. Wednesday didn't happen for him, right? So, so these rabbis point out, when we say that a person has to travel four mil to reach a minion, but let's say he's more than four mil, he doesn't have to. Why did they say that? Did they say that because when you're more than four mil, it's considered an oinus? It's considered like you're just too far, it's just too difficult? And therefore, technically, you should be diving with a minion, but it's an oinus, so we're going to let you go. Or, no, there's no obligation to begin with the daven with a minion if there's no minion around. What's considered being a minion around? Four mil. So did we, did, we, did we understand that difference? 
Two ways of looking at it. Is it that when I'm more than four mil away, it's an onus? It's too difficult, it's too out of your way, it's too inconvenient to have to travel that way, and so we say, don't worry about it. But technically, like there's still the obligation. Or do we say, no, you're, you're so far away, it's not even considered like there's an obligation. The obligation doesn't start, like the person who missed Wednesday. There was no obligation to wear tefillin, but he missed it. Wednesday didn't happen for him. Two ways of looking at it. So it doesn't happen. So if we look at the obligation to have a minion as the second way, like the guy flying on the plane, where Wednesday didn't happen for him. In other words, when you're more than four mil, it doesn't even start for you. So then a person who goes on vacation, he, leave, he dives into the minion in the morning. He heads out on vacation. He arrives in a vacation spot. And he's already davened, so he's, he's fine. Comes the next morning. He's in the middle of nowhere. He's not four mil away from a minion. So at that point, the obligation for minion doesn't even start for him. It's not like you're putting yourself into an owner situation. It, it, it doesn't even start. And therefore, it's okay. Does that make sense? It's okay not. To, to go on vacation to a place where there's no meaning. So if we consider it as an onus, well, you're not allowed to put yourself in the case of an onus. Like imagine a person, you know, knows that there's, not, that, that, that there's only non-kosher food um, in a certain place. And he goes and travels there without any kosher food. And you say, well, it's onus. What can I do? I don't have kosher food. So I'm going to eat non-kosher food. No, you put yourself in that situation. But in this case, if we look at it as there's not even an obligation... It's not like you put yourself in an owner situation. It doesn't even start if you're not in the vicinity of a minion. But they should still daven. Oh yeah, for sure. We're not talking about davening or not davening. We're talking about in a situation where there's... Can your person go halakhically? Should a person put himself in a situation of like a vacation where there's no minion around? So this is a potential um, explanation of why that's okay. Okay. Now, let's say a person um, has, it actually has an interesting uh, practical ramification from this. Let's say a person has a chavruta, a learning partner, study partner, who um, they, ha- they set the time at 8 o'clock they learn. And usually he davens at his minion at 6.30, so he makes it in time. But this time he wakes up late. So now he has a choice either to keep his study partner or to go daven with a minion and cancel his study partner. What should he do? You think that's not a minion? Why? He's got a daven. Got a daven, okay. But he's gonna have to wait for the minion to daven, right? So the answer is that if you weigh it up, the learning with your study partner counts for more than the davening with a minion. Why? Because learning with a study partner is a passing mitzvah, right? He only has eight to eight thirty to learn. If he misses that time, he's going to have to go to work, right? So this is his time for learning. This is the mitzvah. It's a passing mitzvah. It's what we call a mitzvah iveris. A mitzvah that's passing. Which you're not going to be able to make up later. Davening is a mitzvah you're going to do. The question is, am I also going to do a minion or not? So we tell you, stick to the passing mitzvah. Don't let that mitzvah pass by. Because it's a passing mitzvah. You're not going to be able to keep it later. But daven on your own and you can miss the minion in order to accomplish that mitzvah of, 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 uh, of learning.
Now, an interesting kind of outcome that comes from this is that a person asked, I think, the chief rabbi of the Israeli army that he was part of a unit that had a lot of from soldiers in it. And so they had a minion every morning. Now, he was given the opportunity to join a more elite unit which would mean that he would leave the unit with the from soldiers and go to one with the, the Nebsom with from soldiers. He would miss the minion. So he asked, is it actually okay to go and uh, to join that unit, which would mean that he would miss the minion? And so the rabbi answered him based on this. He says, here you have an opportunity to save more lives, to join something that is more active. So you have a mitzvah in front of you. So that mitzvah can override the... Uh, the, the benefit of, of diving with a minion, which is a very interesting thing of how you take an abstract law and apply it to, to a practical case, you know, with a soldier in the Israeli army, whatever it is. Um, okay, beautiful. Next week, we're going to kind of go into a little bit more the discussion of, uh, we're talking a lot about uh, four mil and what that means, so we're going to talk a little bit more, more about exact time, so like how, how far is that in, in practical terms and how do we measure that, etc., etc. So that's going to be um, next week. Um, I did want to just 